Welcome everyone to Kingdom Rock Radio. We pray that you will enjoy today's message. Now here's a sample of what you'll be hearing today. Whatever Jesus tells you to do, just do it. Just do it. Whatever. Whatever. You know, it may seem odd. It may seem, may seem strange, especially when you talk about forgiving someone that hurts you. It may seem odd or strange when Jesus says, turn the other cheek. It may seem odd or strange when he says, uh, uh, bless, your, bless those who curse you. Speak well of them when they have cursed you. That seems odd. It seems strange. But if you do it, you'll see the glory of God in it. Hallelujah. Kingdom Rock Radio is an outreach ministry of Kingdom Rock Family Worship Center located right here in Bremen, Georgia. You can connect with us at our website at www.kingdomrock.org. And now, here is today's message. Welcome back, everybody. Thank you so much for joining me for another midweek service right here at Kingdom Rock Family Worship Center. We're going to have a, an awesome time tonight, and I thank you so much for joining me. It's going to be a great time. Now, we are starting a new series tonight entitled The Miracle Man. Jesus is the Miracle Man. And we're going to look at uh, the miracles of Jesus all throughout this series. And I pray as we do, that you will experience God's glory in your life in a phenomenal way. I pray that you will experience his miracles. As we talk about the miracles of God here, I pray that there where you are, you will experience healing and deliverance on every side. So let's just meditate on the goodness of the Lord. And we're going to start tonight here in the book of John, the second chapter. And we're going to deal with the first recorded miracle in the book of John that deals with Jesus turning water into wine. This is awesome. And believe me, it's not a party trick, as some people think. No, there's a lot of meaning here. If, if you consider his first miracle and his last miracle, and all in between, of course, but the first miracle always, or we can say the first, always sets the tone for what's to come. So Jesus is about to set the tone of his ministry, his purpose, uh, and we're going to see things about us in here as well. So it's going to be a whole lot. So thank you so much for being a part of this, and thank you for joining me for this ride as we discover the Word of God together. Now, don't forget, you can go to our website at kingdomrock.org. It's there that you can find today's message and so much more. So check it out today. And you can also communicate with us by clicking the contact button there and the give button as well. When you give into the ministry, we're blessed. And we can say it this way, as we say it here, when you give, people live. And we thank you for partnering, partnering with us to help share this gospel all around the world. Um, um, I hope you're praying with me tonight. Mom, mom, ah, how now, brown cow? Mm. All right, so let's go ahead and get into it here. All right, John, the second chapter, we're going to read verses 1 through 11. Then we're going to talk about it, and we'll go a little bit further, okay? Let's do it. John, the second chapter, reads like this. And the third day, there was a marriage in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. And both Jesus was called and his disciples to the marriage. And when they wanted wine, the mother of Jesus saith unto him, They have no wine. Jesus saith unto her, Woman, what have I to do with thee? Mine hour is not yet come. His mother saith unto the servants, Whatever he saith unto you, do it. There were set there six water pots of stone, after the manner of purifying of the Jews 
containing two or three firgins apiece. Jesus said unto them, Fill the water pots with water, and they filled them to the brim. And he said unto them, Draw out now, and bear unto the governor of the feast. And they bear it. When the governor of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine, and knew not whence it was, but the servants which drew the water knew, the governor of the feast called the bridegroom, and said unto him, Every man at the, at the beginning doeth set forth good wine. And when men have well drunk, then that which is worse. But thou hast kept the good wine until now. This beginning of miracles did Jesus in Cana of Galilee and manifested forth his glory and his disciples believed on him. Awesome, awesome, awesome. So we're going to go through this line by line, and, and I can tell you now, this is fabulous. All right, let's look back at verse number one and two. We see here that this is a wedding celebration. This is a wedding feast. Now, uh, it says Jesus is invited to the wedding as well as uh, his disciples, and of course, Mary, the mother of Jesus, is invited as well. Now, these marriage celebrations or marriage feasts were not the same as they are today, especially in our uh, modern day culture. Many times in modern times, when you would be invited to a wedding, it's maybe a couple of hours and then people go out. Maybe there's a reception and people eat and maybe maybe they dance all night long, depending on your culture. <laughs> and then people go home. No, here in biblical times, in the Jewish culture, a marriage feast may have lasted days, or, or if not a week, sometimes even longer. So they partied all week long. They celebrated all week long in many cases. So, and it was a job of the bridegroom's family to make sure that every guest was, had a proper, uh, was, was furnished with food, and in this case, wine, and other things that they needed uh, to be an effective, to have an effective celebration all week long. So somebody had to take um, the time to do that. Somebody had to plan that sort of celebration. And oftentimes they planned it for months or years to make sure that everything was just right and everything was set in order. Well, during this celebration, as we find out here, they ran out of wine. So this was a, this was an offense to this culture. It's kind of like you throwing a dance party or so, and you invite all your friends from school, from work, or what have you, and everybody's dancing pretty good, having a good time. Yeah, and we're all dancing pretty good. And then, at the, and then all of a sudden, the music goes off, just like that. And then the people are standing around, what, what's going on, what's going on? You say, well, I didn't load enough music, and that's all the music I have. And everybody's, what, what kind of party is this? Or maybe you run out of food. You know, you only bought one pizza for 80 people. Hey, what is this? What is this? This is a, a disaster. So Mary, the mother of Jesus, sees this, and she immediately goes to intercession. She immediately begins to go to Jesus and tell him about the problem. Now, some have said, well, she's pressing Jesus to do this because uh, Jesus says here, woman, what have I to do with you? My hour is not yet come. But she seems to press him and goes to the servants and tells them, what if he tells you? You do it. Now, 
again, some said, well, she's pressing him or she's trying to take advantage of him. He told her that he can't do it right now. He told her that his hour has not come. But listen, you can't make God do anything that he doesn't want to do. <laughs> Praise the Lord. No, he already wanted to do it. And Jesus already knew about the problems here at the wedding. But he wasn't acting upon it or he did not act upon it until someone interceded, until someone else got involved. He already knew it, but someone else had to get involved with it. And so Mary begins to intercede. We would say today she begins to pray. She talks to the Lord on the behalf of the bride and the groom, right? The bride and the groom are not, are not there talking to Jesus. No, Mary is talking to Jesus on their behalf. So she gets involved and she gets the Lord's attention and she presses him for this miracle. Even though it appears that he's saying no, she presses him. Much like the widow or the woman there uh, from Cana. Remember, uh, I believe in Matthew 15, but the woman from Cana who comes to Jesus because her daughter is demonically possessed and she says to him, Lord, my daughter's possessed. Come on and do something about this. Heal my daughter. Cast this thing out. And it, it seemed to be at a certain time, for a time at least, that he wouldn't respond to her, that he ignored her. But she continued to press and press and press until she received her miracle. And Jesus teaches us to pray with importunity, that is, with shameless persistence. And even in 1 Thessalonians, uh, the Bible declares that we ought to pray without ceasing, Pray without ceasing and pray. And Jesus teaches again that we ought to pray and not to faint or not to give up. So there are plenty of references uh, to this pressing, pressing into the things of God. So Mary presses in, presses in and says, Lord, or in this case, Jesus, son, you know, they ran out of wine. And Jesus says, woman. Now, let me stop. Let me, let's hit that too. When he says woman here to her, he's not being disrespectful. But the word woman here is actually a term of endearment. This was a loving, affectionate uh, word that is often used. As a matter of fact, he used it there as he hung up on the cross when he looked down and saw Mary and John. He said, woman, behold your son. Hey, John, son, behold your mother. Right? So even then he was taking care of her. So this was... Again, he's not being disrespectful to, to Mary. He, this is actually a term of love, term of endearment, all right? So he says to her, hey, I have nothing to do with this. This is not my time. But listen, let, let's read that one more time. I love that. That's, that's, uh, what was it? It was in uh, verse 4. Jesus saith unto her, woman, what have I to do with thee? Mine hour is not yet come. What, uh, again, Jesus was saying, hey, I don't have a... Uh, I, don't, I don't have anything to do with this at this moment. I'm out of this. But through her intercession, she put him in this. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? Through her intercession. So when you intercede for someone else, when you pray for them, you're bringing God on the scene. You're bringing the Lord's attention. And remember, the Lord's not going to do anything that he doesn't want to do. But she knows his character. She knows his nature. And we would say today, we know his word. So we can pray for others on their behalf and bring God's glory into the situation. This is awesome. Now, again, the Lord already wanted to move here because he wanted to use this as an example of what he's about to do. So let's go on a little bit further and let's see a little bit more. Uh, let's look at verse number five. Verse five really sets the tone as well. Verse five says, 
His mother said unto, unto the servants, whatsoever he said unto you, do it. Whatever he says to you, do it. Right? And that, of course, talks about us today. Whatever Jesus tells you to do, just do it. Just do it. Whatever. Whatever. You know, it may seem odd. It may seem, may seem strange, especially when you talk about forgiving someone that hurts you. It may seem odd or strange when Jesus says, turn the other cheek. It may seem odd or strange when he says, uh, uh, bless, your, bless those who curse you. Speak well of them when they have cursed you. That seems odd. It seems strange. But if you do it, you'll see the glory of God in it. Hallelujah. She said again, whatever he tells you, you do it. Whatever word that you receive from him, you do it. And you're going to see the glory of God unfold. Let's look on. Now, verse number six, we really begin to get into some hairy stuff here. This is crazy. All right. Let's look at verse, verse six. It says, and there were... Uh, there were set there six water pots of stone. Stop there for a moment. So she tells him, tells, tells the servants, whatever he tells you do, you do it. So there's over there in the corner somewhere, somewhere alongside the wall, six pots of water. Now, number, number six is highly symbolic because on the sixth day of creation, God created the the spirit of man, the spirit of man. He, he spoke it forth and man came forth, male and female. Now that's the spirit of man because God said, let us create man in our own image after our own likeness. God is spirit, right? So he created the spirit of man, that part of us that's on the inside of, this bo- of these bodies. Now he created our bodies on the seventh day. Look it up, look it up. And there in the book of Genesis, he created our bodies on the seventh day because on the seventh day, God created man out of the dust of the earth and he breathed into his nostrils and man became a living soul. So the body, our flesh, was created the seventh day, but on the sixth day, the you, the real you that was created to be like God was created on the sixth day. All right, so six talks about man. All right, talks about man, not only just just man, but the inside of man, who you really are. So there are six water pots sitting, water pots of of stone there, or six stone water pots sitting on the side there, and that talks about man. Now, why are these water pots uh, sitting over there? This is wonderful. It It says it here, it says, and there were set there six water pots of stone. Now, we can say this too. Stone is nothing more than compressed earth, right? Earth that has been heated, earth that has been under pressure, and it has become stone in so many words, right? Like diamonds are formed under pressure and under heat, intense pressure and heat. Uh, They make these stones. So this is earth that has been pressurized, that has been heated, and is being used for religious purposes, Remember, Jesus didn't come to bring you religion. He came to bring you a relationship with God the Father. Hallelujah. But let's look on. So there are six water pots of stone symbolizing man, right? Uh, Six water pots of stone that are sitting on the side of the wall there. And it says here, after the manner of of purifying of the Jews containing two or three fergans apiece. All right. Gallons of water there. Uh, some translations say this could be between 120 and 80 gallons of water in total. Now, why are those water pots there? 
Well, the water pots were there to fulfill uh, religious uh, for to fulfill religious purposes, not uh, hygienic purposes. You know, uh, not for that, but they're there to fulfill a religious rite. Now, let's talk about this uh, Jewish writ or rite of purification. The Jewish rite of purification. So, what that is is that uh, this was a ritual of purification. Uh, prescribed by the religious, pr prescribed by uh, the religious law, which means that if a person were to do it, then they would be considered ceremonial, ceremonially clean. They would be considered clean. All right. So, if someone were to go in here, I mean, today we would take take someone with uh, before we eat today before we eat we would wash our hands, right? We would wash our hands before we eat, but that's not what it's talking here. That's not what it's talking about. Uh, ceremony, being ceremonial clean, which means maybe you have a servant on the side there, and as you go in, they would pour water over your hand, or you would dip your hand, and uh, you would be considered by those around you as being clean, as being ceremonially clean. Now, it didn't matter if you were playing in the dirt a while back. You know, maybe you're outside, you're, I don't know, planting things or whatever, and your hands are, your hands are filthy, but they pour water over your, over your hands, and that, and, and in that way, you were considered clean. All right, go ahead and worship now. Go ahead and and uh, go ahead and enjoy the feast. That you were ceremonially clean. All right, the water would wash some things away, but not all things away. You got me. Now the disciples got in trouble for this. I want to show you this as well. In Matthew the fifteenth chapter, Matthew fifteen. Let's look at uh, verses one and two. It says, "Then came to Jesus scribes and Pharisees." which were of Jerusalem, saying, Why do thy disciples transgress the tradition of the elders? For they wash not their hands when they eat bread. Now, again, in our culture today, it's a good idea to wash your hands. Absolutely. Get some soap and water, some sanitizer, and get it done. Who wants to wash with all kind of stuff on your hands? We, we touch a lot of stuff today. But this is not talking about that. They just want you to have the appearance of being clean. And that's what religion does, gives you the appearance. You say, well, hey, I read my Bible. Hey, I go to church. Hey, I try to help people this, this way, and I try to do this. I try to do that. We can show everybody else the good side of us. But on the other side, we're filthy. Woo! You know what I'm saying? Filthy. I've known somebody that was supposed to be holy and this and that, a, a great deacon in the church or what have you. Uh, and everybody thought a great guy. But when he went home, he was beating his wife. Come on. That's a religious exterior. Jesus didn't come to bring that mess. He came to break that order, break that and bring people truth. And that's one thing that this is about. Jesus is about to overturn this thing and bring truth to our inner parts. -hoo -hoo. This is awesome, isn't it? So let's look a little bit further. Now, so again, Jesus, he's going to upset this entire thing, this entire cleansing with water. And let me tell you this. What is he about to do as we're about to wrap up here? What is he about to do? He's about to turn water into wine. Now, wine talks about blood. Right. Wine symbolizes blood, blood cleansing. Right. He's about to take the ceremonial water cleansing, which makes you look good and right before people. He's about to take that and transform it to blood, wine, blood, which is going to make you look good right before God. 
<laughs> he got me. Hallelujah. You know, man can say you all that in a bag of chips, but God say, no, no, no. You got there's some other mess going on there. Uh-uh. That's not what I want. No, no, that's not what I want. But Jesus is about to make sure that it is right. Hallelujah. When we, re when we receive him as our Lord and Savior, his blood cleanses us. Now, let me tell you about this blood and wine uh, as, as we uh, about to go, because you may be saying, oh, I don't know about that, Pastor. How is wine blood and blood wine? You know, can I show it to you? Have you ever heard of the communion? My God, I love you. I love you. We love God. Amen. Let's look at Matthew, Matthew 26. As Jesus brings this thing to a close here, to a head here, before he's about to end his earthly ministry. Remember, the, the wedding turning water into wine was at the first part of his ministry. This, the, the actual communion is at the end or uh, the hinder part or the end of ministry here earthly ministry. Let's look at Matthew 26, Matthew 26, verse 27 through 29. It says this, and he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them saying, drink ye all of it. Now what's in a cup? Wine. Remember they were serving bread and wine at the communion, right? Look at verse number 28. For this is my blood. He called wine blood, right? For this is my blood of the, of the new Testament which is shed for many for the remission of sins. Look at verse 29. You say, I'm not sure if that was wine in there. Well, look at 29. And it says, but I say unto you, I will not drink henceforth of the fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new with you in my father's kingdom. Isn't that awesome? So he calls the wine blood. Talks about the cleansing. Look at Hebrews. Look at Hebrews, uh, the ninth chapter, verse 21 and 22. It says this. In the, in the same way, uh, he sprinkled blood on the tabernacle and on everything used for worship. Talking about Moses purifying the, the tabernacle. Verse 22. In fact, according to the law of Moses, nearly everything was purified with blood. For without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. So the water in the pots, again, talked about religion. Religion can make you ceremonially clean. In other words, it makes you look good in front of other people. You won't get in trouble with them like the disciples got in trouble because they didn't wash there doing the religious thing. But Jesus, of course, defended them. But Jesus came to upset the cart, so to speak, overturn the apple cart, telling them, hey, your religiously cleansing things is not working out. Remember, Jesus told them, you have heard it said that uh, if you commit adultery, you know, you have sinned. He said, but I say to you, whoever looks at a woman to lust after her have already committed adultery with her in his heart. <laughs> Hallelujah. He said, you've heard if you murder somebody, that's a sin that's bad. He said, if you even if you even hate your brother without a cause, if you hate your brother, you sinned. He comes to deal with the matters of the heart. Isn't that awesome? The matters of the heart. Now, let's look down in verse number seven. Oh, my Lord, we're going to go on. We're going to conclude with this. Verse seven says, Jesus said unto them, fill the water pots. So he said, fill them, fill the water pots. And they uh, filled them up to the brim. And he said unto them, draw out now and and bear to the governor and to the governor 
of the feast and they bear it. Now, again, Jesus performed this miracle by using others, by using his servants, by using the servants, right? He himself did not touch the water as we, we didn't see that here. Uh, he just told them, he just spoke a word and they followed his instructions. And that's exactly what the Lord is doing with us today. We are his servants, his children, and we are assigned to hear his voice and do what he says. And we're going to see the glory of God revealed. Glory to God. Now, look, the Lord said, take that and go give it to the governor of the feast. Let them taste it. The one that's responsible for this feast, the governor, or we could say the supervisor of the feast. Let them taste it and see it. Well, they taste and they tasted and they saw that, hey, this was better than the first. Now, listen to what the man said. He said, or what the governor of the feast said, he said, usually what happens is you bring out the good stuff first. And then after people have well drunk, you know, after they have had a little bit too much to drink, you bring them out the bad stuff and they won't notice at all. <laughs> they won't notice at all. But listen, he said, in this case, as he talks to the bridegroom, in this case, you have saved the best for last. Remember, man says, tradition says, you bring out the best first. Jesus flips it over because the man's best is never as best, never as good as God's. Hallelujah. He brings forth the new wine. Glory to God. Jesus has a new wine. And this wine talks about cleansing. It talks about the work that he would do on the inside of us, washing us and cleansing us from all sin, from all unrighteousness, making us holy and acceptable before God the Father. This is a good thing. Hallelujah. So that's it. That wraps up this first. Now, I'm sure there's a whole lot more that we did not cover today, but this wraps up this first miracle of Jesus, uh, Jesus the miracle man, and we're going to title today, uh, Water into Wine, Glory. And I believe that, I, I pray that you got something out of that today. So let the Lord use you. You don't have to be ceremonially clean just right in front of people. No, we call that hip hypocritical today, right? Hypocrite, hypocrite, hypocrite. How you're one way in front of the religious community, but you're a totally different way somewhere else. Jesus said, no, 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 no. I've got a better way for you. I will cleanse you with my own blood. Glory to God. I'll make you right on the inside. Hallelujah. Because listen, if the stone represents man, man, the body of man, the water and the wine have to represent our spirit our spirit. The change happens on the inside of us. And surely people can taste, taste your life and see, hey, God has done a work in you. So let God change you from the inside out. Amen. Well, again, I hope that you've enjoyed tonight's Bible study. If you're, uh, if you're watching us on YouTube and if you find value, if you have found value in this video, then give us a thumbs up and subscribe if you like. If you listen to the podcast or on television, hey, hit us up on the website at kingdomrock.org and let us know your thoughts and feelings and send us also your prayer request. That address again is kingdomrock.org. Until next time, remember, Jesus loves you. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way. I will see you on the next time. All right, bye-bye. Well, we pray that you were blessed and encouraged by today's message. Don't forget, you can connect with us at our website at kingdomrock.org. It's there that you can hear today's message as well as the entire series. So check it out today. 
Until next time, remember that Jesus loves you, and so do we. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way. We'll see you on the next time.